Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another episode of the Lotcast. Now, today we will be continuing our discussion about Ken Olympics. Last time we left off, just as sort of quarterfinals were wrapping up, and this time we're going to discuss how the semifinals and the finals went. Now, because of his uh, defeat in the finals, we did unfortunately kick out Jeff off the podcast as punishment, and we have replaced him with a very special guest the actual winner of the whole event, Daniel. Hello. Yes, it's me. I kicked Jeff off. Sorry, Jeff. We're also joined by the usual guest on all these podcasts who has not missed one yet, Elena. Hello. And lastly, we're also joined by a familiar face from the first episode, Matt, who, much like the UK in the 2018 World Cup, put up a great fight by representing England got some nice upsets, won some matches, but in the end got absolutely domed in the semi-finals by an Eastern European side and lost. Ouch. That was uncoolful. <laughs> That's uncoolful. <laughs> Perhaps, but I think up. it is the perfect segue to actually get into a discussion about UK. And we'll start off with the semi-finals, where you actually went for a Peter Watkins film, Privilege. And actually, surprisingly, turned out to be quite a polarizing pick. Some people's, uh, I wouldn't say favored, but one of the favorites of the whole event, while some people were very much underwhelmed by this pick. So I just wanted to ask, Matt, what was your sort of thought process strategy going into this this round and this pick in particular? Well, like with Alan Clark in the first round, I knew I wanted to pick a Peter Watkins movie at some point in the event. I thought I might as well go for it. He, I think he's just a very interesting director, and I thought I had a good pick with this. I had a good um, choice with this one because it's quite it's quite fun. It's also like as with his other stuff, it's politically charged. And I think that's more interesting, and it generates more discussion than some other films might. Yeah, I guess I should have um, mentioned that the film essentially is about a a singer, I suppose, a sort of star of music in this almost like a dystopian fascist state and it is essentially a political satire of sorts so one thing i I also wanted to ask were you at all surprised by the sort of reaction that the film got especially like the sort of polarizing aspects of it uh in some ways because i know some i know it's not the most subtle film that's ever existed and i think some people prefer their satire to be a little more subtle whereas Privilege is quite heavy-handed. So I, I, going in, I thought some people might not respond to it at all. Very much true. Where did you fall on this film, Elena? I think that I really liked this one. Um, and I, I recognize that it's a pretty heavy-handed film, but um, I, I think I liked its bluntness and its like general over-the-topness. Um, just because I, I thought it was a pretty like engaging watch all the way through, and even though I think in some parts it could have, um, like there's some angles that it could have developed a little bit more, but I think that what it does, it does very strongly, which I think is was definitely the biggest turnoff for people who didn't like it. I, like the main complaint that I heard was that it was heavy-handed. Um, which wasn't really a problem yeah, for me. Um, and I think that I I overall liked how it evo- it started from a more like subtle place and evolved into something that was like very 
um, I guess, politically charged or very like heavy handed satire and that and how that um, progression happened throughout the film. So it was one that I really liked. I think it was I liked most of the UK picks, but I think that that one kind of was something that most of us weren't expecting um, based on what the first two picks were. Um, And I thought it was probably one. It was one of my favorites of the whole event, I would say. You were one of the people that actually loved it quite a bit. Now, Daniel, (laughs) I know you're sort of a bit biased because you obviously went up against this film and knocked it out in the semifinals. Um, What did you think of it? Did you get a chance to watch it? I did. Um, So it was an interesting pick. I think it's the type of, at least genre-wise, something that doesn't historically do very well in these types of events. Uh, Films that rely on comedy uh, and satire seems like they're pretty hit or miss for a lot of people. So I I admire it was pretty bold of a pick, especially. Are you Uh, saying we're not funny? Yes. um, (laughs) Well, I'm saying that uh, humor is very subjective, more so than uh, I think other types of films. Uh, I, I know... I knew of Watkins before. I'd never seen any of his films, uh, but I was excited to check one of them out. So I enjoyed it quite a lot. I think the deadpan kind of satire was was something I I really vibe with in general. Um, I think the subject matter is just something I'm not particularly as interested in, but I I really admire how the film escalates, as Elena says. Um, The, yeah, how it kind of gets full on pretty crazy towards the, two-thirds to end part of that movie um so you know almost as good as the roundup but not quite um (laughs) (laughs) yeah definitely it was quite a quite a surprising pick especially coming out of uk it's obviously quite famous for its uh depressive working class dramas and i know matt yeah you wanted to pick something something a bit different for each round obviously you went for a folk horror film in the quarterfinals and you switched it up again and going with this sort of satire by a director that's not really known for satire, especially is usually like sort of quite solemn, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, even though even though it didn't win, some people certainly liked the film quite a bit and it received a somewhat warm reception, even if, yes, some people yeah. didn't particularly vibe with the humor of it. It was far more polarizing than I had expected. Like yeah. when I finished it, I was... I was pretty sure that it was a fairly safe pick because of how much I enjoyed it. And then I saw some of the ratings and I saw that some people just like did not at all like it. They thought it was just like way too, I mean, I guess the, the word I can use to describe it is heavy handed or way too like forceful on its satire. Um, I was actually, I was, I was pretty um, surprised by the reception to it. Um, I realized it would be so controversial. <laughs> Speaking of some of those ratings, uh, we should hear from one of those people here. I uh, pulled up uh, the I have no idea who you're talking and, about. Uh, <laughs> I'm seeing a, a nice two and a half star rating from uh, someone here that I think I want to hear a little bit more about his opinion. Well, I think my opinion ultimately boils down to some of the stuff um, Matt and Elena sort of have mentioned in that I, I didn't necessarily vibe with the way that the message was sort of delivered it felt um what's the good word here to describe it i suppose a bit just sort of obvious like i wasn't it's i just sort of essentially felt like i was being sort of spoon fed the message a bit more forcefully and i i would have liked to see a bit more subtlety in areas 
a bit more nuance, preferably. And I just didn't really get any throughout the film and didn't end up enjoying it all that much, if I'm being honest. But that's alright, because I still appreciate the, the boldness of the pick itself. That's good to hear. <laughs> Alright. <laughs> I think we're going to leave Hungary for later, because obviously in the semi-finals, Matt went up against Hungary. But we'll touch upon it later, because spoiler alert, um, Hungary won the whole event. And instead, we're going to talk a little bit about the other semi-final, which was Senegal versus Netherlands. And I know it's very surprising that Netherlands actually made it to the semi-finals. I was surprised to see that they had more than one good film as well. But yeah, in this, in this semi-finals, uh, Senegal was represented by a super obscure film that I'm not even sure how to describe. It was called Fad Yal. And it's a documentary, I suppose. Yeah, let's just talk about this film for a little bit. What did you guys make of this one? Because I, I was confused by it. I think that it's... A pretty. I found it pretty hard to get into, but I think I overall liked it in the end. I, it's, on the whole, a pretty non-narrative or not conventionally narrative, um, like ethnographic documentary. Um, but I think it was one of those where, like, once I kind of fell into its rhythm and understood what it was doing, um, and just was like able to take in these different scenes. It was something that I enjoyed a bit more. Um, and I think that I think that the first two films that Jeff picked were a little more blunt on their message. And I thought I really enjoyed how he picked things that were like culturally relevant um, to Senegal or very culturally expressive, but they were a little more pointed in what, um, what they were talking about. Um, you could kind of pinpoint a specific issue in each one. And this was one that was a much more subtle pick from Senegal, which I thought was really interesting. And I think it was, it was definitely one of the most obscure films of the event. I don't know. I, I thought it was, I enjoyed it, but it wasn't quite as memorable to me as some of the other Senegal picks that were a little more clear in what they were about. But it was still a nice watch. I mean, I... It it's something that took me a while to get into when I was watching it, but when I got into the swing of the film, I kind of, it was just, it went by very nicely and very quickly. I think it's just, because it, it's so, I mean, is it, was it a documentary or is it like docufiction? It's a bit hard, to, I think it's like a docufiction, but it certainly starts as a documentary and then sort yeah. of evolves I mean, into something yeah. sort of else entirely. I think... And then I really liked when it would, because um, of this obviously stuff where it recreates the old myths and t tales of the villages recreated. But when that stuff was in the movie, that was just, I found that really fascinating. And it, it kind of it gave me almost a dreamlike vibe that I just found really engaging and ended up being one of my favorite films of the event in the end, I think. Even though towards the beginning, I wasn't sure really what to make of it. Yeah, I think I sort of in general felt quite similar because the first. 40 minutes is very sort of non-fiction and not even much happens from like a documentary point of view. You just see these sort of people doing things and it's, there's really not much information given about uh, sort of the importance of this, this whole occurrence. But yeah, towards uh, sort of latter half of the film, it really sort of picks up and you see more of a story being told. 
Now, on the other side of the semi-final, we had Netherlands, and whereas Senegal went for a film that nobody has really heard of, um, Netherlands went for a filmmaker that everyone has heard of, a Verhoeven film, one of his first ones, ones that he made while still being in the Netherlands, Turkish Delight. So, I'd like to hear your opinion on this, uh, Elena, because you're a, you're a known Dutch film hater, and I saw that you actually enjoyed this one. Yeah, so, I think... What did you make of this film? I think this was the only Dutch film of, of the whole event that I actually enjoyed, which I feel badly saying. I think that a lot of the picks for the Netherlands were... It wasn't the direction I would have taken if I was doing it, and they were not things I would have chosen for myself to watch. Uh, but this one, I think, was a pleasant surprise for me. I expected to go in and completely hate it, as I did with a lot of the other <laughs> Dutch picks, which I feel badly saying they just were not my own personal taste. So I really expected to go into this one and just not like it at all. And I think for the first maybe like half hour, I did like really intensely dislike it because it's it's um. Uh, it's just, I don't know how to describe it other than it's really gross. <laughs> like it's really, <laughs> some parts of it are just really disgusting to watch. As um, Dutch people tend to be. And <laughs> it was really kind of gross in a lot of parts. And I just was completely turned off to uh, it because of several scenes in the first part of the film. And then it, it evolves into something else that became much more like charming, I would say. Um, and I grew to kind of not mind the grossness of it. Um, and so it took me a really long time to come out, come around to. And I think it was turned out to be a very like pleasant surprise for me because of, I think I already had some bias against it based on the other Netherlands <laughs> picks in the event. And also that like first half hour really turned me off to it. Um, but I did come around to like quite like it at the end and I do have some problems with the ending. I thought it was a little bit of a cop-out ending. Um, it just wasn't maybe as nuanced in the end as I would have liked it to be. But um, mm, yeah. overall, I, I I think it was a pleasant surprise. I, it was definitely, I think, something by... Well, I guess it's really not that popular of a film. I, I had heard of it before because of... Um, Verhoeven director of the month so it was something that was already a name I had sort of heard but it was interesting to pick something as well from a pretty well-known director that's not really that seen because I think the previous it was Borgman before that and I think that was something that was a little more popular than this one but yeah certainly Matt you you enjoyed Borgman quite a bit if I remember correctly it was one of your perhaps even your favorite film of the whole event. So what did you make of, of, of this pick following up Borgman? I'm, I'm not really sure what to make of this pick. I watched it and I just kind of, <laughs> when I, it was one of the films where I watched it and then when it was finished, I didn't really think much of it. It didn't, compared to Verhoeven's later work, like when he's in America and his films are very mm, yeah. memorable and violent and all this, it just kind of felt like a very standard drama. And I, I didn't, I didn't, it wasn't badly made by any means. I didn't. I had a decent time watching it, but it just. I didn't think it was anything exceptional, really. Yeah, it certainly has a, some of the Verhoeven trademarks, like you see the focus on sex and yeah, in some instances the focus on uh, violence as well. But it 
particularly when comparing to his uh, American output, it does lack some of that really biting social critique, and it doesn't feel like he quite mastered camp in this film like he sort of did when he moved over to America. Right, I think that's enough uh, of punishing the audience by forcing them to listen about uh, Dutch cinema. So let's move on to the finals now, where, as you may have guessed, Senegal won the semi-final and matched up against Daniel. Dun, dun, dun. In the final, Senegal was represented by a 2019 film, Atlantics, which I think was the most recent film of the whole event. And Daniel, you picked my 20th century, which we'll get a chance to talk about a little bit later. But first, uh, what did you guys make of Atlantics, the Senegal pick? I, I think this was an interesting pick from, from Jeff again. Um, I know that he didn't expect to make it to the finals, and this was yeah. like, I think that he kind of, if I'm if I'm not mistaken, I think that he was wasn't quite sure what to pick for this last one, um, but I I thought it was it was an interesting finale to what I had seen from Senegal because it has some of those traits that I had seen in some of these earlier ones by being something that takes on a specific societal or cultural issue and talks about that i i mean it's again a kind of very like culturally conscious pick um but something that was through a more recent lens i don't really think i liked its supernatural elements that much um i think that once it got going and it started evolving into this more supernatural thing i sort of lost interest in it but i think that was also kind of a more personal taste thing um i i don't know how much else i had to say about it i think the ratings are kind for it are kind of in between <laughs> there doesn't really seem to be anyone who like wholeheartedly loves it mm, but yeah. um I I don't know. I I thought it was an interesting way to tie the whole thing together. And I also wanted to point out I liked that Jeff picked um out of his four films that he picked, two of them were by female directors, which I thought was um like mm, really yeah. great to see, especially cuz he was also the only one representing an African country as well. So Yeah, definitely. Yeah, my thoughts are actually surprisingly different about the film and that I, I enjoyed the supernatural uh, elements and I actually the opening of the film was perhaps my my favorite part of the of the whole film. I know it sort of sounds harsh but I did sort of enjoy the film overall and the opening in particular it has this sort of cold open uh, where you see these sort of workers revolting and I thought that was a really engaging and an interesting stark way to start the film but as it sort of evolves it just plays out into this semi-predictable drama at least that's how i felt about the film um daniel did you get a chance to see this one not only did i get a chance to see it i actually saw it um a little after it came out uh so a couple years ago um mm. i saw this for a film studies class i took uh, so it was uh i do actually distinctly remember this film there were quite a lot of hypnotic shots especially that stood out to me and I can still vividly imagine. Um, yeah, this this film was was quite interesting. I I think I I overall quite liked it. Uh, I was, although much, uh, I had a little bit of a I guess 
evolving taste back then though so it's it's a little hard i didn't rewatch it for this event um i did actually quite like the use of the supernatural in the story i thought it blended well with the uh almost supernatural stylized visuals things like the green lights especially the kind of hypnotic sun setting uh shots like that that kind of show that there's something beyond everyone's grasp um whether it's economic prosperity um hope for a better life of course uh so it has these kind of universal themes that i thought it it built pretty well um so but i of course preferred my own pick uh but uh, (laughs) and uh because i i had seen both as soon as the round was announced i voted like a few minutes into it so um, (laughs) okay yeah Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I will say that the film is very like visually gorgeous, but I don't think that was enough to really like carry it for me. Um, but it is very like hypnotic in its visual style. Um, I definitely I see where it was going with those supernatural elements. I think some of it was yeah again boiled down to it just wasn't something that particularly connected with me personally. But... Do you have anything to add on it, Matt? Uh, well, um, it was a directorial debut, wasn't it? I'm fairly sure. I'm actually not sure, so I'm just going to trust you on that. Yeah, which kind of makes sense because there's there's a lot of good in there, but I think it's kind of in some ways it's obvious that it was a first time directed movie because you can kind of tell that a lot of it's, especially with the supernatural elements that don't go where they should go. I mean, I still enjoy it. I think it's a good movie, but it is. Yeah, it's our first feature. It is a first time directed movie. Yeah, it's the first feature. So yeah. I noticed she has a film from 2009, I think with the same title or very similar title, Atlantique. Um, so I wonder, I don't know actually if the two films are related. Um, they kind of sound that way based on little synopsis I'm reading, but uh, so she did, I guess, have some directorial work beforehand, but yeah, as, as a, I guess a first full feature film, which is a whole different type of animal uh it was certainly quite impressive it could potentially be a a sort of like a well maybe it isn't a short film i'm not sure it could be a feature film but sometimes directors make a like sort of like a budget example of their work to show to investors to help finance sort of a bigger production of the same film Um, certainly like i know robert eggers did that when he was making the witch and he made sort of like a scary film in the woods, a short film, just to help finance the bigger one. So perhaps it was a, a case yeah, like that. Know. It's only Anyways. minutes, but... Yeah, then possibly something along those lines. Okay, I think now it's about time we touch upon the actual winner of the event, mm-hmm. Hungary. Surprise, surprising or not? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm surprised. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> well... The interesting tidbit of information here is that this is actually the second season of Kin Olympics, which I think we mentioned in the previous episode. And uh, as it happens, Daniel won not only this season, but also the previous one, making him the two-time champion of Kin Olympics. Undefeated. <laughs> the one and only Kin Olympics champion. So here's what I wanted to ask you, Daniel, seeing that... Uh, all of us, I think, plan to participate in the next season. And I think it's about time somebody, somebody defeats you. So uh, 
what I wanted to ask is, uh, what, what's your strategy? What's your recipe for success? Tell us how <laughs> to beat you. <laughs> oh, I knew this would be asked on air. Um, <laughs> yeah, um, I just got to say, don't don't look at the 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 voice uh, the the vote totals. Um, don't audit <laughs> them. Don't uh, don't ask Neg for any of the details. Uh, strictly between us. Um, so, um, yeah. So I guess. I don't know if there's a lot in common between the two seasons. I mean, the participants changed quite a lot. Um, and, you know, obviously, uh, two different countries that I, I, I picked. Um, I, I think if there are some things that I maybe took from the whole experience, uh, I guess you, you have to pick a strong country, first of all. Um, which I guess the first season I picked Iran, um, and uh, I, I didn't know much about either country's cinema before each event, and so it was kind of a way just for myself to to learn and, and watch films. Uh, and this season with Hungary, it was just kind of a weird coincidence that I I picked it, and because I, I wanted to explore it, I, I'd only seen uh, a couple of Bellatar films before. Uh, so I was, I was very, very new uh, to the whole country. But then there was a weird hungry wave <laughs> within the, <laughs> the lot that, that happened after that. Um, so it kind of got more people interested in Hungary. And I think that helped in some of these rounds. Um, so, I mean, I wish I could say there was more skill involved, but I think it was a lot of luck <laughs> and uh, uh, picking countries that have solid cinema backgrounds and me just kind of doing some, you know, exploring the classics and, and, you know, generally picking ones that I like that seem to align well with the lot's taste. Um, so I don't well, know. Speaking of the films you picked, I wanted to ask you a couple questions about your actual picks. So in the first round, you went for Fifth Seal. Then in the second round, you went for a film I cannot pronounce, so I'll leave the pronunciation up to you, Daniel. Kasanfari, something like that. <laughs> okay, that that'll do. Uh, then after that, you picked Roundup, and in the last round, my twentieth century. So I think we can sort of work our way down, starting from the final. My twentieth century. What made you pick this film? Well, I, I do think it's a little hard to work that way because I, I think I picked it kind of as a way to as a response for the first three picks uh so i guess uh <laughs> i'll probably preempt some of your future questions with the other picks but so i, I yeah, think the first three are uh i think they share some similarities in being tied around um either war or they're, they're very serious films in general mm -hmm. um films that took a look at either a like an important figure in Hungary or important events uh, in Hungary's history, um, and use the past to kind of explore the present in some way. I wanted to pick a film that was a bit different um, from those three. So, and different was pretty broad in that sense. So I was looking at a lot of different things like Hungarian animation. Uh, I was looking at things just like films that didn't have to do with war at all films that weren't really your standard art house drama uh things that were perhaps even more experimental than than what came before um 
and so yeah I, I think I landed eventually on my 20th century uh, because I, I liked the lighter style of this film I liked how fairy tale-esque it was and it was you could call it a comedy I think uh, it blended a few different genres for sure so yeah I just I liked it as a way to complement the other f- films I picked um, so I guess did you ever have doubts about any of your picks like did you think oh did I make a mistake here should I have picked something different for this round in particular anything to that degree uh, yeah I think all of them to be honest um, <laughs> oh amazing <laughs> Yeah, I think the only one I was really confident in was The Fifth Seal. Um, I like that one, especially to start off the event, uh, because I thought it would inspire a lot of discussion. Uh, There's Hmm. this big philosophical question at the center of this movie, and I I thought it would, uh, you know, even if not everyone would love it, I I do think it would be a very interesting film to talk about, uh, one that I think people would find memorable. um, And... I think with the other three, though, I was worried about um, each of them in, in different ways. Uh, so um, I don't know. <laughs> to be honest, I think this this group of participants, uh, I, I found them quite harsh. And I wasn't really sure what the taste, the average taste was. I, I, I struggled with this more in this round for sure. Um, yeah, certainly, yeah. Yeah, I, you know, um, so yeah, some people, I always was surprised each round with how certain people received each film. Um, so it was really hard to predict. And so, yeah. Um, were there any films that, uh, since obviously you watched quite a few for the preparation, were there any films that sort of were close, you were close to maybe picking them, but they didn't necessarily make the cut or films that you maybe considered, but in the end just decided, ah, maybe maybe the audience wouldn't really enjoy it and you just sort of left it off and decided to not pick it. There were quite a few. I, I will say I did kind of cheat a little bit <laughs> as oh. in I didn't uh, because I, I lacked the, well, okay. I, not with the, the vote totals, at least as far as you know. Um, but <laughs> as in, I didn't finish a lot of the films that I, I was uh, looking to pick. Um, so, it is sacrilege, I know. Um, but so in some instances, I only I watched you know a few minutes here. Um, but I, I, you know, I, because I didn't have time to fully watch all of these films, so I, I just kind of mm. wanted to get a sense of the style, what the film was about, which I know is impossible within a few minutes. But um, yeah, I wanted uh, at least with the last pick, especially, I was trying to find something that felt unique, and I, I did cycle through a few films that, to me, like they looked like good films, but they didn't stand out in that sense uh, as a, a really stylistically driven or, uh, you know, thematically different type of film than, than what I've seen before. So uh, I guess some of these films that, that I did consider. Um, so there's this filmmaker called George Palfi, um, who's, I guess, maybe best known for this. Uh, I, I didn't even sample this film, but this film called Taxidermia, uh, which mm. looks uh, strange would be an understatement. Uh, if you just go to the, the letterbox page, uh, there's like this this man in a giant fat suit. Um, it, I love it looks So bizarre. I love um, yeah, <laughs> but I was I was not thinking about that film. I was thinking about a couple of his other films. There's one called Huckle, which is a completely 
uh, I guess it's a silent film. <laughs> so uh, no, no dialogue in, in the film. And it's, it's a film that's kind of, there's like a v very barely discernible plot within that film. It's very much an experiential film. Um, mm. And that I, I thought might've been a little too far for what the lot would like. Um, and then one of his other films that I was also considering was a very crazy montage of Hollywood films, uh, where basically it, it, it like cuts and pastes, uh, from like hundreds of different Hollywood films, uh, to make, to, to show the kind of, uh, similarities in their plot. So it co constructs a plot using ever shifting characters. Uh, from each of these old Hollywood films. Um, so you'll have someone like Cary Grant turn into like, you know, Jimmy Stewart in the, in the next film, but they're like the same character in this. It's, it's like this really strange experimental film called, uh, it's called Final Cut. Um, it was actually produced by Bellatar. But oh. uh, yeah, it was, again, one that I thought might've been a little too far for the, for the event. And I think it requires a little bit of implicit love of old Hollywood that I think this participant group didn't really have so certainly uh, did you yeah. did you ever consider picking a bellatar film that or sort of mentioning him because obviously when you think of hungarian film that's the first name that immediately comes up right i i actually wasn't so never even from the beginning i i pretty much ruled him out um i i do really like tar from the few i've seen um i think he's still i think san tango is, is still my favorite hungarian film after seeing you know, about 20 or so for the event. Um, but I, I think he would have, you know, I think there are already people who've seen tar films who participated, who don't particularly like them and he's not very obscure. So I think it would, if I picked a tar, it would be punished for, you know, <laughs> the content and for not being an obscure pick. So I, I didn't think it would fare well at all, even though people seem convinced otherwise. Um, so certainly yes. Now, Matt, you obviously got knocked out. Some would say crushed by Hungary. So, so I wanted, to, <laughs> so I wanted to ask: uh, Were you surprised by the fact that Hungary won? Did you have any sort of favorites from the the films that Daniel chose? Uh, did you maybe hate all of them vitriolically, or what did you make of the honest? <laughs> well, I, I liked a lot of them. Then, as soon as I lost, I decided I actually hate them all. No. Um... <laughs> No, I, I thought going in, I thought Hungary was probably the strongest strongest choice. And as we've seen with the amount of films Daniel's just gone over, like it is such a variety of films from that country you could choose. Because it's it's like a surprisingly rich country cinema wise. Hmm. Yeah, and I think did you did you have a favorite from the ones that he chose? Uh, yeah, The Fifth Seal. I think one of my favorite films of the event, and definitely my favorite of the Hungary picks. What did you make of the picks, Elena? Did you have any um, favorites? Well, I just wanted to say that, like, I, I think from the start that I thought that Hungary would be one of the strongest countries in the event, just because of how much, I think Hungarian cinema aligns with the lot's taste, especially with like what the lot has been interested in recently, um, because, I mean, I think that that like interest in Hungarian cinema that came about partway through the event really helped propel um, like Hungary to win the event but 
Um, also, I think out of the gate, I, I think that the Fifth Seal being such a like powerful film and like producing so much in-depth discussion right out of the gate kind of um, prompted this like hungry bias maybe. I don't want to say that in a bad way, but I think that it like left like a good impact on people, especially because it was the first round. And for a lot of people, it was like the very first film that they saw for the event. Um, so I think that those things definitely helped. Um, but yeah, as for like my, I liked most of the picks. I thought that like some of them were pretty thematically dense, which is good. Um, I thought that they were very like rich and expressive and um, like very, very complex films, which I think is sort mm, of certainly. what Hungary is known for. I think that Hungarian cinema kind of has like a specific connotation, I think, especially because most people's like exposure to it is through tar of being very often depressing, often very dense, very slow. I, I think there were some challenges to that idea through the picks, but um, I don't know. I happen to enjoy all of them. I think that the fifth seal was my favorite, but I do think that my 20th century was a nice way to round it out by showing something that was not how people usually perceive Hungarian cinema. Um, and I liked how it was really whimsical and free-flowing and it's very like stylistically and visually luscious and um, I, I like something that didn't feel so like heavy and strict. I think that in contrast to um, the Roundup, which I think the Roundup, it was a really good film, but it's kind of how I, it was in line with my own perception of Hungarian cinema <laughs> being very like sparse and isolated and kind of slow moving and very like cerebral. So I like yeah, that... rounding it out with something that was quite different and that I liked in a different way. It still felt kind of distinctly Hungarian to me, but not not what I had come to expect. So I liked that way of rounding it out, if, if that all made sense. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I'd say I sort of have similar thoughts to a large degree. I remember The Fifth Seal was also the first film that I saw for, from the whole event. And after the first round, I already made the prediction that Hungary will probably win the whole the whole event. And I ended up enjoying basically basically every pick and I even I think this whole as you put it uh, bias towards Hungarian cinema that's in the lot it perhaps wasn't in, in part influenced by the the films shown in this event um, some some people discovered uh, discovered I don't know how to say his name Jiangsha I think uh, through the roundup that uh, Daniel picked in the semifinals and just a bunch of other Hungarian films that you wouldn't usually maybe hear about because I certainly prior to the event I've, I had only seen Bellatar and maybe a few animated Hungarian films but other than that my knowledge of the Hungarian cinema was very limited so much like a lot of people participating in this event I did discover some of these films and filmmakers for the first time well yeah I'm glad that you guys enjoyed most of the picks um 
By the way, it's uh, in my research, I believe it's pronounced Yancho, uh, <laughs> as in rhyming with Pancho. Uh, oh, okay. That was a very helpful <laughs> mnemonic that I, I, I read. Um, but yeah, I, I think, uh, at least with the Yancho one in particular, I, I, I didn't really have a strategy with any of the picks beforehand, except that I wanted to pick one of his films. Um, and I didn't know which round when I would pick his film. Uh, obviously, there's always the risk that you'd lose and you never uh, would get to see one of his films um, because, as, as you know, you only get to watch the films if they're part of the event. Um, but <laughs> I think uh, part of that, I guess, was a little bit of strategy because I knew that either the UK or Hong Kong in the third round I thought would be a really tough opponent. So I wanted to save a big film for that round in particular. So that's why I, I unfortunately inflicted on on Matt here. Um, but uh, I, yeah, I do think that name recognizability on that one helped a bit too. Just well, a certain person's love of that particular director, I think, maybe made people interested in that particular film. Oh, not naming names, but... It's <laughs> way devote, some would say. <laughs> some Matt, might so. say that. Um, uh, yeah, I, I think... I wanted to go back to the point about, like, how... I, I mean, the whole event's not really about winning, because I think... Like, I picked a country that I did not think would win the event, and it didn't win the event. And that was never really, like, the goal for me, but I think that... Um, I don't know. I, I don't want to say that like one country's cinema is much stronger than another, but I think that the, the countries that did make it pretty far in the competition were ones that I think had a lot of depth and variety to what they had to offer. And that I think Hungarian cinema went goes deeper than I had maybe expected from the start. And I think that mm, definitely. I was thinking about Senegal making it so far as well. And I had never, I knew that like Senegalese cinema was, you know, it's, if people watch African cinema, that's like a really big chunk of what's out there. Um, and so, and I think that that being also the only African country in the event sort of helped propel it to where it got to. Um, but, uh, I don't know yeah, where definitely. really went with that. I just remember that Daniel had said that, you know, picking a country that has a lot to offer is kind of what brings you to those later rounds in the event, because I was thinking about that with Iran as well. Um, and um, yeah, yeah, I think this is actually a, a good segue way. to touch upon uh, the event as a whole now that it has wrapped up. And I especially wanted to ask you guys what were your biggest uh, favorite things or films from the whole event, biggest surprises, biggest disappointments. So I think we're just going to go through each one sort of in order and uh, see what you guys thought of the event as, as a whole now that it's over. So starting with the favorites, Daniel, what was your favorite thing or film from this season of Kino Olympics? Um, so I guess I had two films I really loved that I hadn't seen before. Um, uh, and I'm, I'm still hadn't decided which one to talk about. Um, I guess since he's here, I'll, I'll talk about this one. I, I really enjoyed Road by Alan Clark. Nice. I think that was, that's, uh, um, 
I think it really depicted the kind of grim realities of Thatcher's UK in a really um, immersive and powerful way for me. I really loved how the camera especially tracked the characters um, along the single road. Um, so it really introduced me to a filmmaker that I've, I've really enjoyed exploring more outside the event as well. Um, so that'd be my favorite pick of the event. Um, was there more to that question? Did you ask for surprises or? You said you had two two films in mind, so yeah, I'll, I'll, I think someone else might one. say the other one, so I'll oh, okay. I'll bring it up if it if it's not mentioned. <laughs> right then, Matt, what was your favorite thing or film about the, the event? Well, I, I think maybe my favorite thing about the event was and was probably my most surprising thing about the event as well, which is how diverse all the picks were. Mm, definitely. In the sense that I didn't I observed Keanu picks one in participate but key olympics one was very full of you know acclaimed art house dramas whereas here we had like we had a horror movie we had a action movie silent movie like a police procedural movie it was just very very diverse in, in terms of what was picked and i really enjoyed that because you never knew what you were going to get in each round it just made it more exciting overall yeah definitely the diversity in this event was certainly very surprising and really made it interesting to yeah. wait see what i guess the next week would hold what the people would pick in the upcoming rounds right then uh elena what was your I was, favorite i was going to say something roughly similar to what matt said in that i really appreciated the variety that people brought to the table with keen olympics 2 in contrast to keen olympics 1 which I think that we needed the first season to come to this kind of point where people picked the things that they did um, in in season two because yeah the first time it was a lot of you know generally acclaimed art house dramas and a lot of them were very I mean this did get pretty exhausting to watch all the films towards the end but a lot of those were it was. I skipped some of the weeks in the first season because I just did not feel like watching two, two and a half hour art house dramas. <laughs> um, so I appreciated like the variety of themes and genres and time periods and um, all sorts of things. But I also, oh, I had something else. I also wanted to say, I, I think one of my favorite things was seeing people take some risks in the films that they picked. And there were definitely a lot of like really gutsy picks. And I'm glad that not everyone went in with the mindset that they wanted to win over the other country. I think that this is probably most obvious with Germany. I hated the Germany <laughs> film, I'm sorry. But I think it's most obvious Still here. getting roasted. Because, because entering with a film that definitely like was not going to win. <laughs> I don't think that anyone would have done that the first time. I really, but even like in some of the later rounds, I think that sometimes people favored an interesting film that they liked themselves over something that they thought would be a crowd pleaser. And there's nothing wrong with picking films that will be a crowd pleaser. Um, but I did kind of like the variety that of like different approaches you know people taking different approaches to picking films brought a lot more variety to the event because mm, not everyone was picking to win um and sometimes it was just showcasing a film that some that they thought should be more seen or that they liked themselves so 
um, I really liked that component of the event as well. Yeah, well, speaking of picking to win, my favorite thing about the event was actually uh, a ramp up in competition towards the sort of later rounds of the event, because um, in the first round, the round of 16 in particular, there were a lot of sort of like very one-sided boats where people maybe really hated one of the films or just really liked one of the films. However, in the quarterfinals and semifinals in particular, all of the rounds were really competitive where it was sort of decided by one or two votes. And even the film quality was in this type of event, you usually perhaps think that maybe the best film people would pick immediately in the first round just to make sure that they get to the second round and then you can just sort of pick whatever if you, if you don't particularly care. But actually a lot of the films in the later rounds were of surprisingly high quality and oftentimes even better than the initial films that those people picked, I'd say. Right, next up, let's touch upon about the surprises. What surprised you about this event the most? Starting off with Daniel, do you have anything that surprised you this, this time around? Yeah, I think, uh, I think Senegal's run was pretty incredible. I think, honestly, more impressive than Hungary winning the event. Um, I think uh, the way that... So Senegal faced basically against three classics of world cinema um, with Underground, Earth, and Turkish Delight and managed to win every round. So, I mean, I, I have nothing but respect for, for Jeff. <laughs> um, yeah. Honestly, really impressive. Yeah, definitely. Do you have any thoughts on that, Matt and Elena? Oh, I, I mean, think... yeah. Oh, sorry. <laughs> uh, yeah, you, you go. You go. Okay, I was gonna say that I think one of like the best, or I don't, I don't want to say one of the best things. But I guess most surprising was yeah, like Jeff put up like a really incredible set of films. Um, I think I mean he's seen so much. It would be kind of. I mean, he's the person who's probably best equipped to put up like a really great run of films um, for Senegal. But uh, I, I thought that I, I really liked his approach in that each film he picked kind of really had something to say, and um, it was they were all kind of interlinked, but also quite different from each other. And I thought that that was one of the best surprises. I don't want to like single out specific countries but some of the some of the matchups i thought were really um like two really strong contenders against each other that made picking really hard and just because of the nature of doing things randomly some of the rounds were a bit weaker and led to some i don't know there were some countries i was a little surprised in how far that they got or by the reception of some of the films um, I don't want to have neg say too many like negative surprises, um, but there were a few rounds that I was I was a little shocked by things winning. I'm a little shocked that Amsterdam won that first round. I just <laughs> didn't really like see a whole lot in that film, but I am kind of glad that I did get to see Turkish Delight. So um, I guess that I've re reconciled with the Dutch. Um, <laughs> Uh, I try to think if there are any other sort of surprises. I, I think I would have liked to see. That's a disappointment. I'm sorry. I, I'm getting ahead of myself. But I, I agree with the whole thing about Senegal being the most like pleasantly surprising um, contender. Hmm. Definitely, Matt. Did you have any 
things that surprised you during this event or films? We've talked about Senegal's run being surprising, but you know, I am surprised that the Netherlands got so far because if you think Netherlands is probably Everyone's like surprised the, by least, that, yeah. the least exciting country you could think of film wise. <laughs> <laughs> If you, I mean, if you ask most people, but the I'll, Dutch are I mean, really going to be coming for us. I hate this yeah. podcast. Yeah, <laughs> all I mean, free of, in, in terms all of, free of the Dutch viewers. <laughs> like in terms of reputation, it's. But I, I thought this run was quite strong. I know some other people didn't, but I, I'm surprised I got so far, considering just how poor yeah. the reputation it has as a cinema country. Yeah, certainly. I mean, I didn't love Amsterdam, but I thought Borgman and uh, Turkish Delight were fun films. And yeah, honestly, aside from Verhoeven, people don't really, probably don't even know that uh, Netherlands films exist. But yeah, surprisingly, the Dutch made it quite far and thankfully did not win the event. (laughs) (laughs) To be honest, I I think if Netherlands did make the finals, I was actually pretty worried because it sounded like, well, from... uh, the pickers uh, post that she mentioned that she was going to pick uh, the vanishing, which is from all accounts mm. I haven't seen, but it looks like a really great horror film. So uh, <laughs> that was a bit of a dodge bullet. <laughs> yeah, certainly. Right. Then. All right. My surprise. I almost forgot. So I'd say the thing that I found surprising about this event would actually be something that uh, Daniel already touched upon which is the taste of the voters. I thought it was something I haven't quite seen before, a very strong preference towards obscure film, a distaste for overly sour dramas, a distaste for overly comedic films, distaste for overly fun films, <laughs> and just a general dislike of most films. Like, you had to really sort of nail a very specific win, kind of film. Yeah, like... No. No. Even if you pick a film that most people really like, like Fifth Seal, there there were like two or three people that really what hated that film. Yeah. Uh, maybe let's not do that. But yeah. uh, classic yeah. British instigation. I think if you pick, if someone were representing the USA and pick The Godfather, it would somehow manage to get like a couple two-star ratings from the group. <laughs> but probably loose to be honest, just for being too popular of a film. Yeah. I will agree that it was a really tough crowd. I I kind of struggled with that too because I I thought I led in with like a film that people were really going to enjoy and I did even get some like some dislike for it, you know. I it was really hard to win. I I, I don't think that the, the taste surprised me because I I think I mean I've been around a little bit longer and I kind of know <laughs> what people like and I it, it was not really like surprising takes. But I do think people were much less lenient on picks this time than people have been in past events. Even with like genre expedition, I don't think people were this critical. Which I mean, as long as you're like being critical in a way that's constructive, I don't see a problem with that. But sometimes it's a little frustrating when you pick something that you think is really good and then everyone hates it. <laughs> <laughs> I guess while we're talking on um, surprising and surprises and the taste, were there any sort of reactions to a film that really surprised you? Like you really didn't expect the people to dislike that film or maybe the reverse where you really didn't expect the people to actually like this film? 
Well, just because I, I was standing for it earlier, I think the people, some people were really negatively put off by road. <laughs> and I, <laughs> to be honest, I really didn't understand why. <laughs> Neither do um, I. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I guess it's really short, and uh, I don't know. I, I thought it did what it tried to do very well. So, um, yeah, but uh, it's still one, though. So, I mean. That's what that matters at the end of the day. <laughs> yeah. did, any, did any sort of reaction to a film surprise you at all, Matt? Uh, I guess not surprising, but I was slightly surprised. Maybe Time to Love. I didn't like the film mm, much, yes. but I think it, it was actually, I don't think a single person actually liked it. I actually generally can't think of a single person in the whole server who enjoyed that film. Now I'm actually thinking I don't think anyone actually liked it at all. I think Time to Love seemed like a kind of safe pick that backfired for being like too safe, yeah. you know? Um, but I think I was surprised by how much people criticized it. I think that there was like one element of the film that I thought was like, like that huge picture that just looks like a passport picture i was like <laughs> like what is going on like that just no um but i think that was surprising to me too how much people disliked it i have a positive surprising reaction um i think was chinese ghost story mm, um, yeah. because i did not expect so, like a genre film like that to really do as well as it did um with the Kino Olympics crowd, which, I mean, I surprised myself with that one. It was something that I really enjoyed um, unexpectedly. Um, but a lot of us watched it on a stream, so maybe that, like, helped us to have fun. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, and be able to have fun and let go of all of our, you know, criticisms that we had ready. Um, <laughs> but uh, I think that was kind of like a positive surprise of the event i thought was mm, yeah fun. definitely for a little bit of context time to love was the turkeys pick in the first round that was sort of like an antonioni film gone wrong like <laughs> people really did not love that one and chinese ghost story was the first round hong kong pick which was actually a kung fu supernatural <laughs> film it's hard to describe it's a really fun film you just gotta watch it yeah, I would recommend I it. I think it's, it's pretty good. It's a lot I, of fun. Yeah. yeah. It was fun. Um, I had a question about the Antonioni gone wrong description. Would, would Antonioni yeah. haters love that or not like that? <laughs> oh, I don't think so. Because I think most... I think I'm actually... I, I'm perhaps an Antonioni hater, but I, I hate him for different reasons than most people. I think most people just hate him because his films are like infuriatingly slow. <laughs> And I think Time to Love is definitely infuriatingly slow, but it's also like Antonioni films are slow, but also like really like serious and solemn. And this one was very slow, but also very silly. <laughs> gotcha. I was wondering if it was like a double negative equals a positive type of thing, but you know. I, I, um. Honestly, I, I don't know if there's a single person I, I, I can think of that would enjoy this film, but I, I wasn't very fond of it, so maybe someone else would, would has, have an answer to that question. It has question. like a four point something average on Letterboxd. It's a four point one. It's a seventh seven thousand views and a four point one. And uh I can tell you that my you know activity from friends thing, I see a four, a five, a three, a five, a five, a four, four. <laughs> so I definitely think that maybe 
I don't know if it was a, a thing of people seeing other people's negative reactions and we felt like we could, you know, it was kind of like a circle jerk situation or if it was the fact that it's sort of a self-selecting audience that was already watching that film and we were not really the self-selecting audience that, you know, has seen it, you know? Hmm, possibly, um, yeah. Which I think happens with a lot of the Key Olympics films is that they're very highly rated and and then we you know, people come in and watch them and then they like have a much more negative view than like the general consensus seems to be, but you're watching things that you wouldn't normally pick much of the time. So you've eliminated that aspect of a self selecting audience, which I think is also maybe why some of the ratings are a little bit lower than the general letterboxed consensus so i don't Possibly. know well speaking of time to love and being disappointed in it um daniel what was your biggest disappointment of this whole kin olympics season so this is one where i'll probably i'll have to lump myself into this uh disappointment group but i i thought the country's selection was a bit disappointing um and mm. i guess i looked at season one again um, just kind of broke down the countries by continent. Um, season one had seven European countries, six Asian countries, two South American and one African countries. Season two, that seven European countries jumped to nine, uh, losing uh, that six Asian countries dropped down to two. Um, but I was one who switched from an Asian country to a European country. So um, yeah, I do bear some blame in that. Um, yeah, there is still only one African country, um, one fewer South American country. But regardless, I, yeah, I think a lot of people, I think, just picked European countries. Um, and it wasn't quite as diverse a selection of world cinema as, I mean, I, I know the picks were diverse within each country. But I think I was hoping for a little bit more of a look at lesser known countries' cinema in particular. So, mm, um, certainly. Yeah, I, I guess uh, I guess if if I were I I don't know if I would do this again, but if I were to do it again, I would definitely pick one a country I knew absolutely nothing about um, cinema wise. So yeah, yeah, I think one yeah. thing that also perhaps contributed to the decreasing number of um, Asian countries picked is that um, obviously there was a rule that you can't pick the same country countries that were picked in the first season of Ken Olympics and that sort of singled out a lot of like really popular Asian countries yeah. like China, South Korea, India I think was another yeah. big one that sort of no, was um, we eliminated lost. I think Taiwan as well um, yeah. and I forget what else Japan has always been disqualified um, from the event just because it would be so overpowered um, I, I wanted to say that too. I was thinking about the country selection and how, I mean, I didn't help as well with the country selection leaning European. Um, although it was my intention always to pick a European country for the event when I was considering my options. But um, I do think that the rule about not picking something that was in the last season did negatively imp, well, I think that it did, you know, inherently decrease the amount of Asian countries that were going to be picked and increase the amount of European countries that were going to be picked because all of the popular Asian countries, basically with the mm. exception of Hong Kong, were disqualified. 
Um, but I guess it maybe is a little disappointing people didn't go for more South American or um, African countries in this season. Um, so a little bit like unavoidable, but also like a little bit avoidable as well, you know, that there could yeah. have been a little I, I will more. I will also say like, uh, even though, yes, it's, it's definitely disappointing to not see more African countries picked or more South American countries in the event or potentially even more Asian countries. Um, some of the European countries picked were certainly somewhat obscure countries uh, cinema-wise, cinema like we sort of talked about, like nobody really knows anything about Dutch cinema. Nobody really knew much about Estonian cinema and that mm -hmm. made it to the quarterfinals. Yeah. We did um, have, was... have, I mean, there was some East European leaning in the country picks, so. Yeah, but essentially, a lot of the countries chosen were like cinema powerhouses that you would usually think mm -hmm. of with some exceptions like matt going for uk and then germany but even germany picked a very sort of strange obscure film that nobody knew of but yeah it would certainly be nice to see more of a lean towards maybe different continents in the next king olympics okay. event i mean sure. the next king olympics i believe that countries from season one would be eligible again so someone could redo um taiwan or uh you know india or china or some of those other ones that were excluded from this season so uh, mm, definitely right then matt what was your biggest disappointment of the event i think this is more thanks to the server i think in some instances there was less discussion on the films than i would have liked like some films like the fifth seal got pages and pages and pages of discussion but then other rounds you had pretty much nothing and in some that was kind of a disappointment mm -hmm. in terms of the actual engagement with the event a little bit mm, certainly daniel i know you had some thoughts on that as well would you like to add to this point yeah um i i completely agree uh <laughs> I think this kind of ties into maybe a format change that maybe we want to make, um, but I, I do think the event's a little too long. Um, yeah. So I think I think some people maybe got burnt out um, and didn't really have either effort or time that they wanted to put into more discussion. Um, but the, the, it did kind of sag in the early round, to be honest. So I'm not fully sure if that was the reason or if just the picks were not as inspiring for discussion. Uh, regardless, yeah, I, I do think what I what I kind of would like the event to gear a little bit more towards is being, uh, I guess, a little bit more appreciative of world mm -hmm. cinema in a sense. Mm, it feels like uh, there there's a tendency where you kind of want films to cater to you, but I, I really think that people should try to, you know, stretch their mm -hmm. ideas or notions of of what good films are you know how yeah films definitely. can be made sure. so yeah. you know i i think yeah. i think some people maybe were a little too inflexible with their yeah. tastes. Um, and I do... i'm not gonna I, i'm not gonna i don't even think i have names to be honest but i just think it's kind of a general yeah. mentality i think that um towards like country like um like film selections i think that some people have been moving in that direction well for myself my own strategy towards picking was to pick things that I thought were historically or culturally expressive 
And I think that a lot of other people took that route as well, not picking, you know, something that was, you know, conventionally good and going to do well, but something that they thought was would demonstrate what their country had to showcase, um, like, you know, even beyond the realm of cinema. Um, but I, I kind of agree. I would have liked to see a bit more discussion. I tried to, like, write my thoughts on each film in the thread whenever... I watched one but sometimes it's sometimes you don't have something to say and sometimes it's hard to make yourself form coherent thoughts and write them in there when you don't really feel like it or um, sometimes I was burnt out you, you know there's a whole like host of reasons I think that like discussion may have dropped off a bit but um, I think maybe like changing the discussion format might mm, help yeah. because I think it's really intimidating for people to message in this empty thread or a thread that's been <laughs> dead for three days. Um, and I think that like the bot automatically adding people to the thread does help a little bit. People don't have to actually find it. You are like pinged and entered into it, um, which was helpful to me. Uh, but I, yeah, I do think it's intimidating to message in like an empty thread and maybe that you know, everyone being a little bit intimidated to share their thoughts um, made it harder to engage in discussion. And when a discussion is already happening and when someone's willing to, you know, initiate it, then, you know, it helps that it helps other people engage in that. But um, yeah, I definitely sort of felt similarly in some rounds where I tried to leave my thoughts about most of the films I saw in the thread even as people mm -hmm. didn't necessarily respond. But there were certainly some rounds where I didn't feel like I had too much to say about the film or some instances where I just didn't really care enough. I wasn't really in the mood just to give thoughts or maybe I watched the film sort of last minute. Yeah. But yeah, I do in some part wish there was a bit more discussion about the film because some people do just yeah. sort of watch the film uh, slap a negative or a positive rating onto mm -hmm. it and sort of just move, move yeah. on. I do think that maybe the, you know, competitive aspect inherent in the event structure um, lends itself to people being like film good, film bad, and not like having this overall appreciation towards, you know, world cinema, like, you know, Daniel said he wanted to see more. Um, but I, I mean, I think that we're we're getting there. <laughs> yeah. um, but I mean, I do agree with that. I, it's, I think it partly, you know, the event being a competitive event. Um, but yeah, I, I think there are a host of reasons. I, I like to, I think I would have liked to maybe open my mind up more to some of these films. I think that sometimes mm. it's hard to set your inherent biases aside. Well, speaking of inherent biases, Elena, what was your biggest oh, disappointment? Oh, my biggest disappointment. My biggest disappointment, I think, uh, going away from, like, you know, overall broad-reaching things about the event, I'm actually kind of disappointed that um, Hong Kong didn't get further. I'm sorry <laughs> to uh, the UK, but I... Um, I think that if there's any country I would have liked to see more films from, I think it was Hong Kong. I thought that Dom did a really fantastic job of picking um, 
for Hong Kong. And I think I would have liked to see more what he had to pick because I thought that the two that I saw were really interesting and, and pretty fantastic picks to show um, what Hong Kong had to offer. And of course, I can go watch like Hong Kong movies on my own. Like I don't need the event to tell me to watch movies from Hong Kong. Um, I think that was one of my disappointments. I, I really I thought the Hong Kong versus UK matchup was a really good one. But I kind of wish that they had gone against different countries so I could have seen another movie for Hong Kong. Um, so I, I think as far as actual movies go, I think that that's my biggest disappointment. Um, I think any other disappointments I have, we've already echoed enough. Um, I just wanted to say I appreciate the Hong Kong movies. <laughs> if Dom is listening to this, I think you did a very good job of picking and uh, they were some of my favorite at the event. So, yeah, certainly there was there were quite a lot of sort of stronger countries on the left side of the the bracket. Countries that perhaps uh, people expected really big things from, and they just sort of unfortunately got matched up against one another. While um, mm -hmm. the other side of the bracket was perhaps countries that people sort of expected a bit less from, but some of them certainly did surprise everyone, sort of like Senegal did. And I guess while uh, while we're giving a shout out to Dom for picking great Hong Kong films, uh, Dom actually has a YouTube channel where he talks about film. So if you're interested to hear his thoughts about Hong Kong cinema, it's Dom Hemphill on YouTube. You can check it out. Paying <laughs> for the podcast. Wow. Me page, dude. Hmm? Yeah. <laughs> yes, I, I'm, I'm I'm being paid as we speak. <laughs> um, I guess I wanted I. Because uh, just going on this train of thought of a country that I think I was disappointed in seeing lose early on, I was disappointed with Chile's loss in the second round. Oh, yeah, me too. Uh, because, yeah, I really, this is the other film I really loved was uh, Chile's second round pick, which was The Jackal of Nahuel Toro, if I yes. said that correctly. Um, but yeah, it's a quite a, I really enjoyed the vibe. It was quite experimental. Um, it was... It, you know, visceral in, in a sense. And, it, and thematically, it, it had a lot of similarities with some of my favorite uh, media, which were Camus' The Stranger and uh, Kieslowski's yeah. um, yeah, Decalogue 5 or a short uh, film about killing. So, yeah, I, I just thought it was another film that added to that, uh, had something really powerful to say. Um, and then and, lost, yeah. Yeah, I didn't see the film it competed against, but I, I wanted to see more <laughs> from Chile. Um, yeah, I really liked that film as well. I didn't like the first Chili pick as much, but I that one was one of my. I think I have it ranked as my second favorite of the event behind the Fifth Seal. So, uh, Jackal of Nahuel Toro, I definitely recommend. So, and certainly there should also be an episode of the Lotcast coming soon, talking about one of uh, Chile's most prolific filmmakers, Raúl Ruiz. That should be out in a few weeks, hopefully. But I guess to wrap up the podcast, Matt, were there any countries that you were disappointed to see lose early or that you wanted to see more from? Uh, I suppose Canada, because I think obviously Canada being so close to America, its own cinema kind of just goes under the radar. But obviously, unfortunately, it had the, Canada had to pick a super popular pick and lose because people don't like popular movies. But I think it would have been interesting to see more of 
what Kanda had to offer because I think it's sort of a cinema entry that's sort of hidden in plain sight. You don't really hear yeah. about it as much. True, and obviously Canada was also a former colony of uh, Britain, so Matt uh, has, a... <laughs> has nothing to do with it. <laughs> um, I kind of agree with the Canada thing as well. I, I didn't really like Incendies as like the first... I didn't really like that pick, but I've seen... I know that there are some Canadian films out there that really could have showcased Canada really well, so I think that's a little bit of a disappointment too. Yeah, there's certainly, I don't know, Incendies doesn't sort of strike me as a film that's, uh, obviously Denis Villeneuve is very well known, he, obviously most people know that he's Canadian, but it doesn't really represent <clears throat> yeah. Canada or Canadian yeah. film that I well. I may have, as, I'm sorry. Uh, as, as, sorry, especially as the country is super well known for its sort mm -hmm. of documentaries, especially since the Canadian government themselves sort of have this um, documentary funding scheme. So it would have been nice to see maybe something from that lane. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think I said this on the last podcast, but I, even though I don't particularly like this film, I think something similar to like My Winnipeg would have been really interesting for Canada. Um, you know, just showing something that's very like uniquely Canadian and maybe a little bit more on the experimental side. Right. Do you guys have any sort of final thoughts about the event before we sort of wrap up this episode of the Lotcast? I had a final question. Uh, Go directed ahead. toward you, Linus. Will you jump in the competition oh, next oh, time? No. <laughs> I do plan on joining the competition mm -hmm. next time. I have oh. a, a couple countries in mind, potentially my home country. Uh, see how far it can get. Likely can't get very far because uh, for those that don't know, I'm from Lithuania, and you could probably name, like, one Lithuanian film. And if we exclude, like, Jonas Mekas and uh, uh, Sharunas Bartras, you, you can't name any Lithuanian film. So <laughs> it might be a, a tough road for me, but, uh, you know, I'm, I'll give it a crack. Mostly just worried that, uh, that because so, so few people have seen the Lithuanian films, there's actually a decent chance that... Uh, Olympics crowd might actually drag the average rating on Letterboxd down of some of the films, so I'm, I'm somewhat worried about picking a few of them, because I like them, but only like 40 people have seen them, at least on Letterboxd, obviously more people have seen them, but so there's an actual chance that the rating might just tank, which is not something I want. Yeah, so I, I, I do plan on participating. Very nice. All right, and yeah. if you participating in... Um... The next genre expedition. That's I am. Yeah, I, I am. am. Yeah. I am. Yeah. Oh, very cool. Very cool. And so is Matt. Yes. Apparently. Hopefully, we can go up against one another and. Hopefully, I can win. Fight to the death. Well, we'll see who wins, I suppose. <laughs> yeah, I guess that we've already touched on probably the biggest change that would be made to the event which is that it's too long i think that basically everyone wants to do eight countries and not 16 next time um yeah that's a good point because if, if you think about it 16 countries that means throughout the bracket that's a total of 30 films if i'm not mistaken mm -hmm, yes 30 films 30. and we watched two films per week without any sort of breaks in between so yeah. that's over over three months 
of just straight watching two Kin Olympics film per yeah. week. So by the end of the event, I know I was certainly very yeah. burnt out and skipped a film or two. Yeah, I watched all of them, but it was towards the end. I was really pushing it on some of the deadlines. Um, but yeah, for if we did eight films or eight um, countries, it would be 14 films because genre expedition needed eight genres, um, which I think, I mean, that's half the length, which you cut out a lot of possible, you know, uh, competitors, but maybe country selection would be a bit stronger or, you know, the picks, it would reduce burnout for sure. So mm -hmm. I think that Certainly. was definitely the biggest thing that people brought up. So. Do you have any final thoughts or thoughts on that, Matt? Yeah, I mean, I could definitely feel my enthusiasm for the like the event waning towards the end. So I think definitely the shorter format helps, and mm -hmm. it will help with the discussion as well because people will be more enthused. Mm -hmm. You won't you'll prevent that loss of enthusiasm towards the end yeah. of the event. I think the one other thing is that you know the first Key Olympics. I think that it wasn't that hard to find participants but i think that this time around it was i know that it was a little difficult to fill all the spots and there were some people who ended up competing who didn't really have the intention of watching all the films or weren't super enthusiastic about yeah, competing so i think that when you cut it down to eight you cut it down to people who really want to pick films for the event and you also cut it down mostly to people who are going to participate and watch the films because yeah, I know that Oscar said that next time he he wants the people who are picking to be the ones who are watching the films, which I think most people who watched basically all the films were also picking for a country, but there are plenty of people, I think, who maybe did one round if they, one or two rounds, and were picking for a country, and if their country got out, they just stopped participating, um, which I think a lot of those people, they weren't really interested in participating in the first place. So mm, maybe enthusiasm on both sides would be better with a f smaller pool. Yeah, definitely. By the way, Oscar, for those who don't know, yeah, is our very Sorry. corrupt uh, organizer <laughs> of the whole event. He's he's a, he's a great organizer. I have nothing but praise for him. Yeah. No, I want to thank him for everything that he's done. Yes. Yeah. Thanks was... for the rigging. I mean, the, the hosting. Yeah. yeah thanks for the... <laughs> Creepy emotes that you oh, sent yeah. us sometimes. <laughs> yeah. All right. I think this is a perfect spot to wrap up the episode. Thank you very much for listening. Thank you, Elena, Matt, and Daniel for uh, spending some time chatting about the event, the films, and whatever else you may have enjoyed about it. And yes, bye bye. All right. Thank you. Goodbye. Bye. Bye. Bye.